and um, I heard the first officer call out. And, and the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy sh! it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my light and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson. And thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. Welcome back to Lodge Tales, everyone. So... This week we have uh, my nephew. He's going to be telling a few stories about these, <laughs> that that house that we all grew up in, and well, one of the houses we grew up in in Browning. There's a lot we talk about that block, a lot of the stuff that goes on there. He's uh, he tells some about um, well his personal experiences there and some some other things we go. Basically, just keep all our stories around the res and stuff on this one too. So. Yeah, um, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us and, you know, being here, always supporting us, uh, getting more and more attention and sharing the podcast wherever you can. And I know it's a particularly special treat for those that are living off the res to hear a lot of these stories. And, uh, well, I'm thinking about you guys too, you off the res Blackfeet, and, uh, I'm thankful that you guys are you know, tuning in and subscribing on wherever you can, YouTube, following us on Spotify and Audible, we're everywhere. Just, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are all taking an interest in this. I can see a lot of the analytics where the people are, and I mean, there's places like, you know, Australia, people are listening there. Um, in the UK, of course, there's a lot of people listening there, too. I was looking in there and there's even people in New York. I mean, I mean, it's it's going all over Canada, you know. So, I really appreciate everybody, all the support and people sharing it. If you're sharing it, you know, give us a like, give us a you know five star review, whatever you want to. If you like the show and you want to support us, you know, those are ways of helping us get the show out further. And I know a lot of that's going on, so I just want to say thank you for all that. And I'll be leaving a link down below on each episode after this so people know how to get to patreon because like i said before when you 
If you notice, there's a gap in a lot of the episodes. You'll go from like, I don't even know which ones they are, but like say from 9, then it'll jump to 11. Well, number 10 will be on Patreon. And uh, you have to become a member of the Patreon service itself. And then within the service, you can search a lot of content that's out there. But if you just search for Lodge Tales, you'll find it if you're just doing a manual search. And there's an option there to become a member of the podcast. And once you do, you get an extra podcast every month extra episode so and I, I explained this before too but i'll go i'll go over it again there is no option for a one-time donation what i wanted to do was say all right well if you just give a one-time donation of whatever it is i don't care what it is just to help keep the show running while well, the podcast service paid you know if if you just did that then that would allow you to get access to the shows on um, Patreon. Well, they're not geared like that. They're geared toward a monthly subscription. So in order to get around that, you would just subscribe to the um, to, to the Patreon and simply lessen all your episodes, then cancel the, the subscription. And you could catch up. You could do that, you know, wait every third month or whatever it is. And you could just simply go back and become a member again and, and listen to them again. I mean, the new ones that come out. You don't have to do it every month, you know, because once you become a member, you can go back and binge all of them. So that's one way to get around that. And um, I don't have a website up yet or anything. I don't know if I'll ever make a website. I, I, I might, you know, once it grows a little bit bigger, because that's just another cost. And, you know, I, I just want to get our stories out there and to share with everyone. For for a lot of people, these kinds of podcasts like this don't exist. And, you know, people can't find them. Like, I searched and searched and I couldn't find them. They just don't exist like this. So, you might have one, you know, strange podcast out there that might have an, a real... Well, I would say a native from the res and all the the stories that are from the res may get you might find you know a handful of those out there well i just wanted to get a bunch here for all of us right and it don't matter what tribe you are you know just as long as you're one of the indigenous people of this world i don't care what country you're from or whatever but that's kind of what i'm gearing toward in this so i mean that includes the people from mexico south america you know anywhere there's indigenous people I would like to hear your stories. And uh, thanks for um, supporting us. Well, let's go ahead and get with it here. And here's Daniel. Hi, welcome back to Lodge Tales, folks. Uh, today I got my nephew uh, Daniel with us. And he's got a few stories about the res and a lot of kind of crazy stuff that's happened to him. So uh, if you will, just introduce yourself a little bit, Daniel, and, and let us hear him. Hey, so my name is Daniel Williamson. Uh, I've been a EMT for like the past four years. I was in flooring contracting down in Bozeman for a few years. And um, I guess I was I wanted to start with the uh, house we stay in. So it's my grandpa's. He got it after the flood of 64. There's been a lot of spooks going on in here. There's a lot of stories about this house. I'd like to share a few that I've experienced myself. When we were kids, we used to have this TV 
it would just kind of turn on by itself in the middle of the night and you know we'd always get scared and get in trouble for being up late but you could just always kind of feel when there was something around because you know my mom and I would still be partying around here and I don't know just a lot of stories about this house that you know I didn't count firsthand so I ain't gonna recount them but uh one story I could think of is um we were I was drinking and I came back here the pipes were all frozen my grandpa Jimmy was staying down at my auntie Betty's and it was kind of winter out still but I came here and I was hungry that night so I start digging around in all the cupboards kind of looking for something to eat and I remember closing all the cupboards and then uh the next morning I woke up there was a cupboard wide open and I know for sure I closed it because that was the last cupboard I looked in and I kind of slammed it disappointed I didn't find nothing to munch on so I, that was kind of spooky there and then uh my grandpa Jimmy used to always kind of listen to music and as he got a little bit more buzzed up the music would turn up louder and louder and He'd always tell me, you know, if I get too loud, my boy, just come let me know. So one day I stayed in the room across the hallway from him and he started getting loud and I could hear like two other people in there. I couldn't ever make out what they were saying. The music was too loud, but I could hear like a male and a female. It sounded like they were kind of on the east and the west side of his room and hear him in the middle just kind of talking and I start knocking on his door and his music was so loud he couldn't hear me knocking so I finally walked in and he was sitting there by himself kind of talking like he was having a conversation and I'm like who are you talking to and he was just kind of pointed to his left and he was like oh I was just talking to uh he looked and there was no one there and then he looked to his right and there was no one there and he just kind of played it off like, oh, am I getting too loud, my boy? And I'm like, yeah, that was pretty strange. And uh, my auntie and them that stayed here at the time, too, with them, they said they experienced the same thing. They could hear multiple voices coming through the vents, but he'd be the only one home with them. And, um, yeah, it's kind of this the funny stuff that would kind of go around here. You'd hear things and feel things and... I wonder, you know, those are alcohol spirits that, that are were there with him. I, I know they were, and, you know, I used to I used to ask him, because I, I know that house is really spooky, too. You know, that's the house me and Taryn talked about on the other podcast. But uh, when I'd ask him about it, I'd, hey, Dad, what's, uh, you ever get spooked in there? He's like, oh, no, I, I, there's stuff that happens, but I don't let it bother me. That's all he said, and then. You know, of course, if nobody knows out there, it's kind of personal, but I guess it's worth mentioning. You know, my dad did die from from alcoholism. You know, he ended up taking his life in the end there. But I often wonder, you know, later on, if, well, I know they were with him all those times, and y- you've seen it, you know. And there was other things that i seen, I experienced there, Amber and I did when we stayed. Him and his girlfriend, um, they started fighting, and we could hear, you know, right through the wall, because they were in the kitchen, we was in that west room, and the way she sounded, man, it sounded like something bad got in her, is the only way I can talk about it, and the way she was egging him and needling him, and 
it, it got so bad that, you know, my wife wanted to go in there and say something to her. <laughs> but he ended up just kicking her out of there. But I've always thought something was kind of around that one too. But when I think back, I, you know, because as alcohol spirits, all they, they just take, take, take. That's all they do. They just take everything till there's nothing left to take. And so I wondered if, you know, maybe, I don't know, something was around her too, or if it was just that house. I have no idea. You know, it could be both. But there's so much that has happened there in that house. And, you know, before my dad partied in there, there was these grandpa, you know, your great-grandpa. They drank in there too. So, I mean, it's it's just a lot that has happened in that house that whole street that whole block is spooky man it's not just that place <laughs> that whole street yeah and if you notice it seems like when people stay in this house and they don't keep it in check they tend to kind of start out drinking i didn't know you know i thought it was just ptsd and stress from work but now I think back on it, you know, I think I was kind of a victim of the alcohol spirit there a couple of years back, just drinking every day after work and kind of using that as a coping. I think that's kind of how the alcohol spirit latches onto you is just kind of find something to pick at you and then just become so easy to get lost into that. I don't know what to call it. Just um, the alcohol spirit addiction yeah, that remember that ghost beer story? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's I think real. about stuff like that in the the poltergeist that have gone gone, just stuff getting thrown across the house and things moving and you know, now since we don't like party here and it's a kid's house, it's a pretty pretty good place. But Yeah, you gotta take care of it or so that thing gets back in there, whatever it is, you know. You know, people yeah. can make it a good home, it can be, but if you start partying in there and stuff, boy, things will start getting crazy in there. I got a quick question for you, Daniel. Since you guys lived there, you know, I've ha always had this, because I experienced it when I was there, I've always had this suspicion that whatever's there also makes you fight, makes you fight each, you know. Have you experienced that when you guys are drinking or whatever in there? Yeah, I believe so. Just... You know, things would be going good, and then all of a sudden, we're just on each other's nerves and don't want to be around each other, and we just get miserable. Yeah, that I'm, I swear that because I witnessed it happen to my mom and my dad there, um, to my dad and his girlfriend, to me and Amber, and I, I'm not surprised to hear that you you say that too. And it's <laughs> it's a damnedest thing, you know. There's there's something there, and I. I really think that the more you look into it or pay attention to it, you'd, you'd realize it too. Do you know what I'm talking? Like some person not even knowing about the house or whatever, you know, or, or even the people that do know about it, you know, that don't think anything about it. Yeah, there's, and, and again, that house isn't, you know, especially strange. Man, there's a lot of houses like that back on the res. It ain't just that one. You know, there's a lot like that. Yeah, and like another thing I kind of think too is with this alcohol spirit, it kind of uh, wants you alone, and that's why it causes you to fight, and then it gets you by yourself, and then you drink more than you plan to, and then you're here miserable, lost in your 
addiction to alcohol. Yeah, as I said, they just take, take, take till you're all alone. You got nothing there, but for you know, take everything from you. Yeah, mm. it's pretty sad that place. I mean, when you think about it and you let it happen, it's 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 sad to get caught up into that because, you know, luckily I I wasn't too caught up in it. Luckily you're not, and the other ones that were that lived there and experienced stuff were you know too affected by it, but. Even the people that were just staying there with my dad, you know, they, even they got stories about the place. You know, like Greg Wax used to stay there with him and <laughs> whoever else. I know they have stories about it too. Yeah, I think everyone here has at least one story that's been here for kind of an extended time. They've all got a story to tell about the house, something that unexplained happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's... Like you said, it's not just here. There's a lot of places that are affected on the res. You know, we were uh, talking the other night about boarding school stories and, you know, that place is its own, I don't know what to call it, despair, evil, I don't know. Yeah. The old dormitories, you know, when I was a little boy, we went there in like maybe third grade. I remember going to sleep and the matron coming down like, who's playing? You guys get to bed get back into bed what are you guys doing but there was no one in those last two rooms down on the end of the hallway there and i was a little ways up maybe like the fourth room from the end on the little boy's end mm -hmm. but we could hear those little kids laughing around moving stuff around and then you know i never did really get bothered on the big boy's end but one night we uh snuck out of our windows and we went over to the gym you know, just being ish kids trying to get in there to, you know, mess off or whatever. And and we could hear people playing basketball in there. You could hear those balls bouncing in there. And I remember everyone freaked out and ran off. And we couldn't uh, explain what was there, you know, because all the lights were off. It was all locked up. No one should have been there. Man, and you guys are trying to get into that. That place always scared the hell out of me. I'd never go. I used to hate having to be that person that had to walk all across the gym floor to hit that breaker on the other side of the main door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, used to, I used to hate that. But you guys wanted to get in there at night, huh? Just to mess around or what? Yeah, just, I don't know, maybe shoot around. Just not get caught being outside of our rooms. Kind of out of out of the yard there where we wouldn't be seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know that place is something else we uh, went to a summer camp I think it was like maybe my 7th grade summer mm -hmm. and uh, everything seemed normal but talking to my grandma and the other like uh, counselors or whatever they wanted to be called they were going through pictures that they took throughout the night and there was always something funny in some of the pictures like shadows or apparitions of a full body apparition in, in the picture and they gave us discs of all the pictures but they had to go through and make sure that there was nothing bad in the pictures and mm. when we left my grandma you know made me spit made me call myself we got home we prayed she anointed me with her holy oil and you know you're not bringing anything home from there yeah that was just kind of her routine when i'd come home from weekends you know, sit me down and anoint me with holy oil and pray with me. Jeez, yeah, do you remember um, Toppy's? Oh, you probably don't know. Do you know um, 
uh, Gary Skunkcap? No, I don't. He's like Toppy's oldest boy. Here, he's your cousin. But anyways, you were saying you didn't have nothing happen on a big boys end. Well, when I was down there, we uh, well, I didn't either. But it happened to Gary, and I may have told this story in the past on the podcast. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, we were okay. So I get up in the middle of the night, go use the bathroom, and uh, I walk by Gary's room. His was the first room on the you know it was right next door to the to the bathrooms there and um of course they leave the bathroom lights on all night down there and so light kind of shined into his room and where it shined in at is where he'd always keep his bed he wouldn't keep his bed in the dark part of the room and he roomed by himself so there was just one bed in there and uh i don't remember who i was rooming with it at the time might have been brian caffrobe or i don't know somebody but i remember walking down to use the bathroom and then i was heading back out well as I walked by, I seen him sitting there on his bed, like in the dark area. <laughs> his bed was kind of moved. I thought he moved his room, you know, his room around, but he was sitting over there, and um, he had his elbows on his knees, sitting on his bed, like with his feet on the floor, and he had his head down. And he was just like shaking it and like looking around. He almost, to me, it looked like when someone just first wakes up and they're kind of confused. It's kind of how it looked to me. But anyways, I walked by, I used the bathroom. I thought oh, that's odd. I'm gonna stop back in there when I head back to my room and see what's wrong and so i did and i walked in and I was like what's wrong gary i sat by him on that bed and he looked at me he said he said shit rod he said uh when i went to sleep last night you know i keep my bed over here you know that in the light and he said yeah he said i woke up just now and it's, it was all the way over here across the room in the dark spot <laughs> oh damn <laughs> yeah and uh Man, I got scared for him. I really did. I almost wanted to stay in there with him so he didn't have to stay in there alone. You know, I don't know if it was like that when you guys were there, but when we were there and stuff would happen, we would always give ourselves up and help the other person when shit like that happened. We'd like, man, I'll, I'll be with you then, you know, because we never wanted to be left alone. And we'd hate for someone to leave us alone, so we never left anyone alone and stuff like that would happen. But I was like, he said, um, I said, damn, Gary. I said, if you want, you know, I could, uh, I could probably sleep by, you know, on this floor or something by you, you know, so you don't have to, oh, it's all right, just, just help me move my bed over back over here. And so I did, I helped him move his bed back, and I, I was walking by to take a shower in the morning, his bed was, it was still there, it didn't get moved again. But that was one of the times on the big boys end that I remember something happening, but those kids that would play in those back rooms by that red exit sign, we've heard yeah. them a lot, like, uh, you know, that okay so if people don't know the type of flooring that was down there at the time is called vct it's that it's tiles but it's kind of hard and you could hear feet slapping on it that's what we would hear a little pitter patter of feet running by all the time a little boy and a little girl always laughing you know you could you could hear the giggle but it wasn't like overbearing and loud it was subtle but you could hear them <laughs> and if you looked if you stayed up and late enough and you stared down at that red sign You'd actually see him run by, but just a dark shadow of him run by, <laughs> laughing, playing. There's beds. There used to be, you know, mattresses stacked down there. You could hear him jumping on those. It's it's pretty scary down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thinking thinking as you were talking about that that uh, common room we had, we called it the big TV room. Mm -hmm. Just in between the girl side and the boy side, right in the middle. Um, a little bit down from the cafeteria, there was a big room, and we gathered there. The uh, crazy dogs come down, and they were play, teaching us how to play stick game, and 
they kind of had like an opening prayer, but there was one light. And as soon as they start praying, that light start blinking, just like rapid blinking. And then as soon as they would stop, it would stop. And then when they would start drumming, it would stay on. But it's like anytime they start trying to pray, it would start blinking really fast. Oh. <laughs> and I heard uh, from my grandma that one of those pictures, we were doing like a little round dance in there. She said there was a shadow figure laying on the floor and we were all like stepping through it in this picture. But it looked like it was like motioning, like uh, flipping off the camera or something. Really? Yeah. And that was one of those pictures that we didn't get on our discs. And I guess there was just all kinds of pictures like that, like, I don't know, like kind of blurred faces on certain people or something standing by them. And, you know, they just kind of, some of them wrote it off as just something wrong with the camera. And my grandma didn't believe that. She thought it was something evil down there. You know, that, that, that Dale Douglas house, it ain't there anymore, but oh my God, the stories that come out of that house are... Or something out of the exorcist, man, I swear. Whatever whatever was down there was was horrible. Uh just just to put it mildly, it was it was horrible. I, I don't yeah, I'm just glad that none of that stuff ever happened to us in those dorms. I think Well see, people used to go down like you're saying the crazy dogs went down there. There was I remember um like other people would smudge and pray down there, like different matrons. But uh, I remember one summer, was it old Louis Fish had a, some kind of doings down there. Maybe it was a night lodge. I don't remember. But I know there was an effort to you know, cleanse or, or pray down there or help the kids or something at the time. So I'm thinking whatever those that really bad thing was that got Dale Douglas uh, was uh, maybe didn't come around those dorms as much. I'm not sure. But um do you know any of those stories about Dale Douglas? No, I haven't heard any. You haven't? <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you the the one I know and I'll share it with everybody else. Um, you know, I really hate to say those names, but it, it's already out there. So, um, All right, so here was these two cops. And who told me this story was the cop that showed up there. And um, maybe one day I'll have him on the show and he can tell the story himself. But I'll tell you what I remember about it. Um, so they get a call. Um, let me just set this up for everybody so everybody kind of knows how it is. You come down this hill, and that's how you drive into the boarding school area. And at the bottom of that hill, it's a flat area, like an open area. And there's trees around, and there's a river to the north side that just kind of runs from, like, like, uh, like northwest to, like, northeast, I guess you'd say. And it's kind of like diagonal across that one side. But, well, anyways, as you drive down, as um, soon as you get down into boarding school in that flat, there was a football grounds. Well, right to the right at the bottom of the hill was this big white house. And it, it's government housing, and that's where Dale Douglas stayed at. And um, these two cops get a call down there. And, uh, yeah, so one of them was really big and... When they get there, I guess there's black trash bags that are, as he told me, he says um, there were black trash bags all over the windows. Like the windows were all bagged over with black trash bags, right? And they checked every doors. Well, first they knocked. 
knocked and went to the back door, knocked, and they were yelling. And there was no answer, but they had to go make a welfare check on him because I guess he didn't show up to work. I, I, I don't remember, but he just wasn't around, so they got sent to do a welfare check on him. And so they couldn't get any response from him, but they needed to get into the house to make sure he was okay, even if they didn't get a response. So the big guy that was with them, the guy that told me the story is the small guy, smaller. And the big guy just kicks the damn door open. As soon as he kicks it open, nothing but flies, black flies just come flying out of that front door. <laughs> they have to back off and let those flies clear out. Once they cleared out and they went in, they realized that those weren't black trash bags on the windows. It was flies all over on that. Well, and as soon as they walk into the living room, there's like this recliner chair. And, um, well, I know there's kids that listen to this and I don't, you know, this might be a time for you kids to, to put the podcast down until, until after we're done with this part. And so, as they get in there, and they see him sitting in his recliner, there's uh, blood all over the ceiling, blood behind the chair, and he's dead, sitting there. He had committed suicide in there. And um, they check to make sure, you know, for pulse, everything, do what they need to do. And they start kind of going through the house and making sure there wasn't foul play. As they go down the stairs, they notice that there's like pill bottles and there's water in these pill bottles, but there's one pill bottle on every step going down to the basement. There was a door that led to the basement first and that had like sweet grass, uh, holy water, they think, all over, like set around it. It was like barriered shut. They open that, and that's when they see like a braid of sweet grass and some holy water on each step. You know, there was like both both our ways and, and like religious, you know, Catholic ways on each step down and down into that bottom basement door. It was barriered, like nailed shut, all this stuff. So whatever happened in there, he was trying to keep out of that house and it was coming from the basement is the only thing they could you know gather from all of this and yeah whatever it was was in that basement and there's more to the story that I don't know I don't remember him telling me but I remember hearing it other places and he had a note wrote there and you know people can correct me if I'm wrong but I remember from the things I heard was this they said in the note, he said, they made me do it. They made me do it. <laughs> but, yeah, that that place is horrible. So this cop that discovered Dale, God rest his soul, you know, and they had a, um, a ceremony for him, you know. They sent him over. They made sure that his spirit was okay, even though he had a horrible, you know, death there. And... They prayed for him. That always made me feel better knowing that, that they sent him over in a good way. But anyways, this cop that had to live there was telling me the story um, down the road, since it's government housing and that's where the, the police live down there too. 
when they're given those houses, well, he had to live in there with his family, and um, he tells stories of possession, of just the oddest, the poltergeist activity, just the oddest things going on there. But horrible things, and <laughs> I'd like to get him on the show at some point and have him tell those stories, but, um, you know, that'll be for another time. I just wanted to tell one of the the more scary stories I know of boarding school. And um, your kids come back in and listen if you want now. <laughs> but it, it it is really a horrible, horrible, spooky place when you, if you knew everything about that place. And right next to his house, I had a friend. I won't mention his name. But he was burnt in that house right next to that. It burnt down. And uh, he used to go to boarding school with us. And he showed us his scars and said, yeah, I was in that house. We had a fire one night and I, I got burnt in there. And I don't remember if, if people died in there or whatnot, but he was sure burnt up. He had scars all over him. All over him. But yeah, that place is pretty scary too. <laughs> Jeez. And you know, bringing up suicide, that just triggered some thoughts about uh, some other things I've experienced. There's a house around Star School and... From what I hear, the person that killed themselves in the house was like kind of a gothic, um, I don't know, almost Satanist. Mm-hmm. Apparently he killed himself in the house. So one night I'm hanging out with a bunch of cousins out there in star school. And we go into this house. It's all abandoned. All the windows are broken out. It burned down now. But at the time, all the windows were broken out. There was still a couch in there. And they had one of those little iPod nanos that had the speaker built into it. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about, like, every time they play this song, something happens into it. And then as soon as they mentioned it, everyone got all clammy, like, oh, yeah, why'd you have to bring that up? I don't want to be here. And then my cousin Chelsea was like, you know, what, what, what goes on? You know, getting nosy and she ended up um, getting them to play that song. And it was For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. And as soon as it started, we were sitting there and everyone was just like they were bracing for something to go on. We were all like across the room. And then from the room that was behind us, like across the room, just three loud bangs on the wall, just boom, boom, boom. And everyone took off. And I didn't know what happened, you know. I just, I was like the last one out. I just grabbed that iPod and start walking out. And everyone was like at the bottom of the stairs, like freaking out. Oh, why do we have to do that? I told you every time we play that song, something happens. And, uh, (laughs) one of the kids, he died now, but I was asking him about it. I picked him up on the ambulance and I was asking him about it. And he's like, yeah, that house was evil, you know? And he was kind of, gothic emo whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. but he straight up called that house evil and you know from what i heard the dude was like kind of like a serial killer mentalities like um torturing animals and stuff dang like ouija boards and that like the whole works he was just into all of that and uh i don't know i've been around I wouldn't say a lot of suicides, but I've been around a lot of death and, you know, there's always motions involved, Mm -hmm. but we try to maintain like a level of professionalism and like not let it get to us. Yeah. But 
I rolled onto one suicide and this, the emotions that I felt weren't mine. I felt scared, like I was going to get in trouble. I felt like I was sad, just not, not how I normally feel around something like that. I felt like I was in trouble and I feel like it was this person's emotions kind of rolling over into me or something. Jeez. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty sad, man. Yeah, that, that's freaky, too, that house. I've heard about that house. I don't know if it was from you or by somebody else. I think it was from you. But I've heard about that house in Star School that you're talking about. I wonder, is that house, does it even have a foundation there? Is a foundation wiped out, too? Uh, no, the foundation's still there, and they rebuilt over it. Oh, they did. I wonder who lives there now, if they've ever experienced anything. I wondered the same thing when I drove by there. Dang. Well, when we're home, you'll have to show it to me, and I'll see if I know who lives there. I'll try to find out. <laughs> Jeez. And, you know, same thing with one of the neighbor's house across the street from where I live. One of our cousins is girlfriend or wife whatever killed herself down in the basement and um we used to go down there and hang out and you could see like the hole in the not rafter it would be the um the floor joist mm -hmm. you could see the hole where she put the rope through and then yeah. around the bottom of there they had like a spray paint like a circle of where she was yeah. And they've tried everything to get that off besides, you know, like trying to actually grind it out. Yeah. But they've tried like paint thinner and everything to try to get it off of there. One of my buddies just flat out hated going down there and he would always freak out if we were down there for too long. Um, I know the house you're talking about too. <laughs> I know that. Definitely something with the suicide. Like they don't cross over immediately or something mm -hmm. yeah they linger for a while kind of lost i think you know what they need is a lot of prayers that even them ones you know they need you know those somebody sweat for them or you know send them over in a good way and kind of guide them they need a little help but yeah that's that's pretty sad man but yeah that house that you're talking about um Daryl uh, was, uh, Uncle Daryl was spooked in that house too. And he, he would tell us a couple of stories every now and then. One of them I remembered him talking about was um, the old lady that lived there when she passed away. They were having a wake and they had the wake in that house, her wake there. And uh, they were cleaning out her stuff and, you know, I don't know, just cleaning the house and stuff. And they start hearing a phone ring over there and there was no line into that place i guess they had that cut off a long time ago or something like that but there was no service to that house either way but there was a phone just ringing off the hook and they couldn't find that phone finally they went into her room that's where it sounded like it was coming from and in that closet they start daryl said he's digging around he's like, what is that at first he didn't really know what it was but when he uncovered uncovered it finally dug to it Cripes, it was an old black phone. <laughs> he come running across the street. Got the hell out of there. That phone was ringing over there. That phone <laughs> was ringing. You know how snaky Daryl was. He'd really head out if something scared him. <laughs> but, uh, that. 
I definitely do think it is this whole area. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked down at PNM and spooked in there a few times. Were you yeah, in PNM? In PNM, yeah. What happened? One there? time, and um, so I first start closing by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, KJ, KJ worked there forever, and he just come back to check on me, make sure I was okay. So he kind of popped the door open, scared me a little, and he's like, okay, well, I just want to check on you and make sure you hit the lights on your way out. So I'm standing in the cooler, stocking the cooler. One of those doors opens and slams and scared the hell out of me, but it just got me mad. You know, mm. like, leave me alone. I'm just trying to work. <laughs> mm. And stocked as fast as I could and got the hell out of there. And uh, this other time, it was during daytime, my uh, manager, she was doing ordering, and I was standing until I was rolling change. And I seen a gray figure walk by. And, you know, she was wearing a black shirt. We're the only ones in the store. But gray figure walked by, and I was rolling my change. So I started looking around, thinking, oh, well, they're probably going to come up here. I'm just going to put this change down so I don't lose count. I start looking, I don't see anyone else in the store, so I like walk through the store, look around, I'm like, where did they go? And my manager looks at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, someone just walked in and they're not here. (laughs) (laughs) And then the cameras, they've caught so much stuff on there. You know, this is secondhand stories, but I did see one of the, one of the videos, there's a hole in the cup. In the, or in the counter uh-huh. and they used to keep a cup in there with like slushy straws that were like cut in half yeah so one of our cashiers was standing there and the camera is just over them on their like over their left shoulder and then um that cup lifts up out of the hole and it like someone just tossed those straws and then that straw drops and that cashier like sidesteps looks all shocked and the customer that he was dealing with was just like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, behind uh, there, or oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, those cameras, they caught a lot. I guess one time KJ was watching um, our cousin Rusty come walking across the street. And he was coming from the campgrounds because he was staying over at the Arbor at the time. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh-huh. And then he... Uh, Someone was walking with him. You could see him on camera, but they stopped. And Rusty come over, and he got a little miserable, so KJ asked him to leave. And then that shadow kind of appeared and walked back over to the campgrounds with him. Weird. (laughs) kind of think that's an alcohol spirit right there. Yeah, it's got to be. I've been spooked in the campgrounds one time. I was uh, walking home to Log Homes. I was staying with my godmom. And as I got to Willow Creek, and I I turned around, and someone was following me, so I was waiting, you know, just kind of buzzing, lively, like, oh, good, I got someone to walk with. Yeah. And every time I would stop, they would stop. And I'm like, you know, come on. What are you doing? You know, just kind of like trying to get them to catch up with me. And uh, as I got to the... As I got to the road, as a corner there, my sister said she was standing at home and something banged on the wall. 
So she come around, thinking it was me, but she was looking out the kitchen window, and she seen me come walking into the light and come staggering into the house, and she was asking me, like, you know, what I was doing, and anyways, I don't really remember, but I guess I asked, I got up in the middle of the night and asked if I could stay with her, because I was, like, scared, so I crashed out on her couch, and she said it's just an ugly vibe, like, we weren't alone. Oh. Dang. I was going to say, like, right behind that P&M store, you know that junkyard that was there? Yeah. Is it still there? There's kind of a trailer court now. Oh. But I remember the uh, that junkyard that was there. Was it my brother telling me this story? But there was an accident in this truck, and there was, there was two fatalities in it. But, um... They were walking down that road, and they looked in that gate, and they seen, well, they seen a woman and a man sitting in there. And they stopped, you know, because that gate was just like a chain link fence, but they, and then a hard fence on either side of it where you couldn't see through. They stopped. Hey, did you just see someone sitting in there? I did. They back up and they look. Geez, there's nobody in that truck. But that was the truck where there was those two fatalities, a man and a woman. That's pretty creepy but anyways there's always going to be like this really spooky um i don't know why this is but uh anytime there was like a lot of water around or like uh in this case browning was built on a swamp you know like swampy marshland everybody kind of knows that and there was a swamp right behind p and m i mean we used to play there on the way up to vina chatton you know to school we'd play there there was frogs down there water snakes um Oh, there was like old tires and stuff. <laughs> People just throw them in there. But I remember walking around down there. You could find snails and stuff in there. And all that kind of pond uh, vegetation that grows in there. It was all over in there. It was like a swamp. If you step too far in that stuff, you'd kind of sink. And it was like tarry, black, stink mud if you went too far down. Yeah, it was a real swamp in there. But, uh... Any time that there's any of those sorts of areas, I've noticed if they build over and fill them in, whatever, man, that place is spooky. It's just the land, you know, and I don't know why that is, but I've noticed there's a correlation between, like, wet areas like that and a lot of activity going on afterwards. But I've, I've always thought that it's, man, it's like a lot of the town is kind of haunted, you know? <laughs> you know, there's people that believe, well, I don't think places are haunted, I think it's people. I mean, I think, I think it could be a mix of it all. I think spirits follow some people around. But at the same time, I think the land can be, geez, just as, I guess you'd say, haunted too. And I think that's a lot of the cases. Because remember that time we were down here doing flooring? And we were in a brand new house, brand new build, and there was a guy in there watching us. <laughs> oh, man, that time was weird. <laughs> so just a little backstory for you listeners. We're working on this new house. I'm working on the stairs. I'm at the bottom of the stairs putting carpet on the stairs. And Rod's working upstairs in one of the closets, putting closet uh, carpet in the closet. And uh, at some point in time, I seen Rod come to the top of the stairs. And he's, like, looking down at me. And I don't want to look up at him. I feel like he's trying to rush me, like, oh, you're only that far kind of vibe. And then that, that figure walks away. And I just keep my head down, keep working. 
And then Rod comes back, and I look up at him, and his, you know, are you feeling any way? (laughs) (laughs) I start telling him what happened, and uh, you could tell your side of what happened upstairs. (laughs) Yeah, I was uh, working on a carpet, like you said, in that closet, and I was tucking underneath this closet. So it was weird. I had to, like, how I was, like, kind of crouched down on my hands and knees, uh, I could see somebody standing behind me by the window with their arms crossed over their chest. Like, I don't know. They just seemed kind of disappointed too. That's the kind of feeling I got or like they were going to harass me or something. I actually thought it was the, uh, the salesman that uh, gave us that job. And uh, I thought it was him. Well, anyways, I, I looked beneath my legs, like between my legs and I could see him. And I, I stood up to say, oh, hey, what's up, Stuart? Shit, there's nobody there. Like, all right, now I know I'm not nuts, man. I seen that. Whatever. I'm gonna go ask and see if um Daniel feels any way and if he does we'll just call it a night. And so I walk down the hallway and I get to the top of the stairs and I look down at him and he looks up at me and says, Hey, do you feel any way? Like, yeah. Then he just told me the same story you said and I said, Alright, pack it in, man, let's go. Just drop everything where it's at, let's get the hell out of here for the night. And so we left. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, I said, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say about that nursing home we were at. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that old guy just died, and they left the dog inside this room. Peed everywhere, so they needed the carpet changed out. And it was glued on carpet, so it took way longer than we wanted. Yeah. So was... we're, like, there at, like, 3 in the morning. Yep. And Rod asked me to go grab a straight edge at the van. So I go downstairs, go to the van, grab that straight edge. As I'm coming up, I'm almost to the elevator. And it's just like I just walked into this negative energy. Like, what are you doing here? Get out of here kind of feeling. I'm just like, I don't want to be here no more. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you saying that. You're kind of shook up over that when you come back up. Man, it's like I just walked into somebody. (laughs) Yeah, the place has got a lot of, uh, you know, death in them, too. There's, there's so many stories. You know, Amber right now works at one of those those assisted care facilities for the elderly. And they're, oh, man. I'm going to have to get her on the show so she could tell her stories, man. I'm talking, like, I'll give you one preview of a story real quick. Um, so she's working at this one, and, and here's this lady that needs to be helped up out of bed, right? And, like... She can't really sit up on her own and she has to be put to bed and like she can like get to her I can't remember it is like she can help like get to her chair, her wheelchair or something. No, to her walker or she can walk somewhat on her own. I don't remember that, but she needs help, right? She's not very fast, is what I'm getting at. And how their office is set in there, um she's like down the hallway and then like at the furthest end of this other hallway so like she has to make like this little trek to get there if to get to their office well one night um they're sitting in their office and they both look up there's her and the other nurse on call at night because she works nights that old lady standing right in front of their door like just staring at their door blankly just staring rocking a little bit just staring at the door and like what they get up and they ever brings her back to her room like you got to come back to your room you have to stay in here okay you know we can't have you out you might get hurt that's kind of their concern so 
bring her all the way back down to her room, get her back in bed, and more often than not, there's uh, her daughter used to keep a camera in there on her, like those baby monitor type cameras. That old lady's just sitting up in the pitch black in her room, staring at that camera. And you can't see nothing on that camera, you know, but that lady just sit there and stare at it. I'm talking four or five hours. It's just creepy. And yeah, like, so they had just put her to bed. This is like previews of that story because I don't know the whole thing. That's why I'm calling it a preview, just giving a quick rundown of what happened. But if I remember right, she like just put her to bed went back to that office and I'm talking like in no time that old lady was already standing in front of that door doing that again and there's just no way like it's not possible you know because I have to help her <laughs> but things like that have happened there and what my wife says is on um, the full moon is when that one really starts getting kind of you know weird stuff starts happening I don't know why that is but she said it I noticed it's during a full moon you know <laughs> yeah it's crazy oh and like a secondhand story you know a cna down at the care center mm -hmm. and she told me that every time they like have a resident passed away all the other residents prior to their death you know like hey get those kids out of here you know i'm trying to sleep or hey whose kids are those you know there's always kids playing and then uh, like the CNA night crews, they all kind of got to know, like, when that started happening, mm -hmm. that one of their residents is probably going to die. And usually, sure enough, next day, someone would wake up dead. Jeez. <laughs> you wake up dead. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty... Yeah, I've heard that before. Those kids start playing around or something's happening with those kids and then somebody passes away. It's probably just those kids, you know. Knowing that something's going to happen. Whatever spirit's there. That's interesting, though, to say the least. I'd like to have more stories about that that nursing home where people come on and talk about it. Do you remember that uh, store downtown that we delivered flooring to? Oh, yeah, down here in Bozeman? Yeah. Yeah. So we were going down there, and we're dealing with, like, a... I don't know, non-native, non-believer. Mm -hmm. Takes us downstairs, shows us where he wants it stacked. So as we're going down there, Rod says, there's no way that this place ain't spooked. And that dude just stopped. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, I got the impression they're like, don't say anything. <laughs> there is something going on here, but you know, because there was two of them. Like, don't you dare open your mouth. Just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the impression I got. <laughs> but there was no way you could just feel it down there when you went down there. You said, "Oh God!" That's why I said it. I just blurted it out. Like, God, there's something here. You know, this. There's no way this place ain't haunted, man. This place is spooked. <laughs> I could just feel it down there. Whatever it was. It's old buildings, though, you know. They were built, what, late 1800s or something? It's kind of a historic part of town. Yeah, there was something there, too. I, I know there was. Hey, I was going to ask you. You were telling me the other day at that uh, that flood house that something hit your toe with a Cheeto. <laughs> you said you were standing in the kitchen and something come flying out and hit your toe. 
oh yeah from under the sink yeah and remember i sent you the video trying to explain it like i was standing standing here and that cheeto come flying out from underneath the i don't have any um like the baseboard that goes underneath the cupboards so like stuff gets swept under there yeah toe kick Mm -hmm. so stuff gets swept under there and one of Arya's Tito's come flying out and hit me in the foot. And it freaked me out. And I started recording it like, this Tito came from here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just standing here. There's no way it happened. Could have happened. Who <laughs> oh, that spooky Alice. <laughs> Messing with you. That's kind of the poltergeist activity that happens here. <laughs> You know, at, at the end of the street, if, if any of the listeners go back and listen to Jenny Minnehyde's story, she's talking about this white house where, um, I want to say there was a cat in there and there was some people downstairs in the kitchen and things like that. Well, they stayed upstairs, her and her friend, and her friend was all freaked out of that place and everything. Well, that house is on the same street we're talking about where Daniel lives at, at that little flood house. It was at the very end of the street going toward the, uh, Toward the mountains on on the right side, it was that last lot. It was a big white house. There. It's not there anymore, but there's a lot of stuff that's happened there. When I was just I'm jumping to another one, when I one night Amber and I, when we were staying at that flood house, we were coming down. It was late at night. I think we were going after like pop or something. I don't remember what it was, but we were driving down that paved side of the street, and um, our lights just shined over onto that that junkyard that was there, and as our lights shine, well, I seen something on the corner of my eye, like running um, down that. Sh- it was coming off that last house right by the street there. It was running through their yard, and it was running across the street. Well, I didn't know what it was at first. You know, I just seen a dark figure. Well, as I turned the headlights, <laughs> Amber seen this too. But as I turned my headlights and start driving down the road toward the the main street there. Our light shined on it, and it was this black, raggy thing, man. It was like, I don't know how to describe it other than it was, it was kind of big, but it was short, like really short. I thought it was a trash bag at first. That's what I thought it was, because it was kind of like big, but short. But um, there was no wind. It wasn't doing anything like that. And all I seen was like this bottom part of this ragginess butt, how it jumped. That's how I realized, okay, that's not a trash bag because it like jumped that fence into that junkyard. Like, like jumped it, you know, like a deer, how a deer jumps a fence. That's the motion it made. It jumped. <laughs> but if that come off that street too, I mean, there's, there's this, in that house that's all the way down toward the west on the left, when you start going toward Easter egg homes, that white one there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one when it was all boarded up. I'd, I heard stories about it all the time. When I was a kid, I, we used to play under that stone staircase there. It was like a little fort you could stay in there. I mean, like, play in there. That's what we used to do. But anyways, um, I don't remember who lived there. I had, like, a friend that lived there or something. But um, that house, I heard stories about it. Like, yeah, you'll see a light on in there. and There's no light that's to the house. It's not uh, turned on. Nobody lives in there. And I, I heard that when I first came back in 2000 three late 2003 from the military i i seen that light amber and i did i think we was going up to visit somebody at grandma seed's house but as we we're driving by i seen it a couple times like we we're just driving 
I think up to park at night or something, I would look over and we'd see that light on. Because it was boarded up and you could see the light through the cracks in the board. And I've seen it too there. But yeah, that that whole whole street, you know. I'm sure if you went to those old chief's house, you could ask them and they have stories. Jeez, the guys to your left and right probably have stories. <laughs> yeah. Every house on that street, I'm sure has some, you know, something that they could talk about that was pretty strange you know i think it's all the way from here all the way out to people coolie just i don't know unexplained like you were saying all kind of marshland and you know people coolie that's that's its whole own podcast of yeah. stories out there <laughs> yeah i have a friend that he they lived near Depot Cooley, like, um, you know where that stork marker's at, heading out on 89? They lived yeah. right out there close to the tracks, like, not in the, technically Depot Cooley, but in that neck of the woods, and, Jesus, the stories they tell are nuts. I mean, scary, man, like, scary. Like, dogs with human faces, um, all the way up to UFOs, man. It, that, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's happened out there, too, jeez. Have you ever had anything crazy happen when you guys were on call? I mean, that you can so talk like about. The, you know, with the emotions that I mentioned earlier, stuff like that happens. Um, one time I could think of, like, that stands out to me is, I don't want to say it's Goatman, <laughs> <laughs> but Goatman. <laughs> uh-huh. We were uh, working night shift and... We got a call out to Heartbeat. We're running lights and sirens out to Heartbeat. And at the end of Depot Cooley, just before you pop over the hill outside town there, all these dogs are chasing something from that blue trailer up on the hill. Mm-hmm. It ran across the road, and whatever it was was blacker than the night that it was in. You could see just a shadow moving in the dark. And then when it got to that fence, it walked right up to the fence, and then it jumped over, and then all the dogs took off back towards the house. Ooh. Was it like walking upright, whatever it was? It it kind of seemed like a deer, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've seen deer jump fences like that, but yeah. this kind of like side jumped. Weird. And uh, I asked my partner, I'm like, did you see that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what do you think it was? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> kind of didn't want to admit that it was there. <laughs> Jeez, you know, I ask because I've, I've asked you this before, if I remember right, but um, I was kind of prying. But, uh, you know, people have noticed, uh, I've heard a few stories about this, like downtown, by the church, down by the light office, um, Somewhere around in there, you know, there's there's this alcohol spirit. Though people will see this spirit, but it's a man, and it's like he's always staggering. And the way he staggers is really weird. It's like it's like he's about to fall at any moment, but he don't, and he goes really fast. He can go really fast. And people have seen him. I've heard a couple of stories about different people at different times, and it just comes up. It's not like we were like talking about it until I started like prying probably not of you if you've seen it maybe because you're always driving but um yeah at night people will see him and this one girl that seen him was way down by the light office she gets all the way up 
and sees him out by and, and driving without stopping, right? And gets all the way up by um, Bedrock there, old Laurent, you know, and they're just walking up that street, still really staggering, same exact person, but there's no way they could have got there that fast. <laughs> same stagger and everything. <laughs> Unless it's just two people that look exactly like wearing the exact same clothes, staggering the exact same way, but no, there's... And then another person was talking about him too. They stagger funny. And I, I don't remember the other story too well, but yeah, there's there's multiple stories of that. And I want to say it was Clifton when he was talking about that spirit that jumped in that that lady. But it was staggering weird and, and whatever. But yeah, there's there's so many stories of the, of that one. I know there's more out there. I just like to hear them. I just thought maybe you might have seen somebody weird staggering but if you ever do like let me know tell me the story <laughs> yeah, something happened this last winter i can't really explain it's coming back from east glacier just before uh whiskey john's that big hill by the buffalo pasture mm -hmm. um the road the snow was blowing straight across the road just in a straight line and before i got to it it did this weird swirl like something stepped in there and it like this snow that was blown across the road swirled around it like you know how snow swirls like around a fence post or something mm -hmm. that's what kind of happened like right in the middle of the road but it was just stayed it stayed straight but whatever that was it just caused like a swirl i couldn't explain that like it was something there mm -hmm. weird but you didn't see anything though huh Mm -mm. I was just watching the snow blow across the road, and then it, all of a sudden it just like a big swirl happened, and then it kept going. How about that time out at Grandpa's house? When <laughs> 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 that spirit come from that back room, I'm I'm pretty sure it was to, it was from that bundle, but <laughs> you got really scared. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> that dog was just nicest dog ever but it was after me that night or i thought it was after me barking <laughs> scared the hell out of me barking over your shoulder i would ever come down that hallway this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. daniel jumped pull across that kitchen boy he got on the other side of us his back was to the hallway sitting on the carpet we were on a linoleum in the kitchen Brian and I, <laughs> I remember I laughed at you and I told oh, it ain't nothing because that dog quit barking. But then later on after that, Amber come out. Did you walk back here and, and peek in this room and stare at me for a little bit? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, I'm going to bed. And she went back to the... <laughs> but she told me later, you know, that next morning, she said, yeah, there was something that come out. You know, it was walking around back here and it peeked in this room. Then it went in there. So I thought it was you. No, it wasn't me. But I'm pretty sure it was from that bundle. You know, I really do. I don't know why, but I just have that inclination that it was from that. Because nothing could get in there. Nothing got in that house. We never, you know, nothing ever happened to us when we stayed over there, Amber and I. Nothing. We'd smudge that bundle, you know. We'd, you know, not bring anything in that house. You know, if, if I was drinking, I wouldn't drink in that house or, you know, mess around like that at that house. None of that stuff was ever brought back there. We, Well, we were told. Terry told us not to mess around over there, so we didn't. We respected that. We even gave up our cat. We couldn't have a cat in that house because you know, it was an otter bundle and you couldn't have those cats around it. So 
We even gave up our cat to live there. It was just for the summer. It wasn't very long, but yeah, we never got spooked. That's why I say I think whatever that was come from that bundle was checking on us. <laughs> you know, I never did ever get bothered out there. That was like one of the only times I could think of, you know, mm-hmm. another time that was kind of unexplained. We were sitting at a uh, fire on the east side of Terry's trailer. Mm-hmm. It was me, Brian, and Grandpa Teddy. <clears throat> we start hearing those coyotes howling around. And then as they sat there, it almost sounded like they start talking Blackfeet or something. Yeah. And Grandpa just kind of like listened and just didn't sound like a normal coyote. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty interesting, man. What did Grandpa say? You know, I'd have to get with Brian and confirm, but I'm positive he told us that they do talk and they were probably having some sort of meeting or ceremony or something. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if Brian remembers that. I know. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> I've been trying to get him to come on a show, but you know, yeah. oh, i got to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot of good stories, that guy. I like his story about uh, there was a Bigfoot when they were on the fire line. They could hear it hollering around. He, I said, what did it sound like? He said, it sounded like a woman. <laughs> That's what he said, though. It sounded like a woman. You know, hollering around back in there. But anyways, yeah, that that's a, he's got a Bigfoot story. He's got all kinds, that guy. He's got so many. I wish he'd come on, but maybe it's not meant to be for whatever reason. I'm not going to force him obviously you can't force anyone but it would be really fun to have him on and listen to his stories so many good ones it's like Taryn who oh, a bunch of good ones oh geez yeah. should we should we stop there for the night it's, it's a pretty good chunk of stories do you have any more as you're just talking about um people coolie there I was going to mention our that building used to be Pecunia Industries. Mm-hmm. There used to be little sheds and like guardrails there. So there's always someone walking between like where they built sheds and kind of like the metal shop side of it. Uh-huh. So like the north side is like the garage and then like the south side would be like the metal shop. My dad had an office right there. One time I was cutting pipes for him. They had like a little jig that you would put the metal pipes in and then he would weld them up. Yeah. So I was cutting the pipes, and I seen someone walk towards, like, the bathroom on the garage side of it, on the north side. And I thought, you know, how my dad get through? I didn't even see him. You know, that bandsaw being loud. I'm like, oh, it could have happened. And then at that time, my dad come walking out, and I'm like, oh, well, who else is out here? Who? No, it's just us. Is that the old pencil factory building? No, it's across from the pencil factory. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and that building alone, the stories that come out of there, Night Shift has a lot of stories out there. I got one story that I can't explain. Me and one of my old coworkers were cleaning out that upstairs, like our classroom areas. Uh-huh. And I was back in the upstairs bathroom, kind of cleaning them out, getting it ready for a class that we were going to have. And he was down at the end of the catwalk mopping. Yeah. And I was getting ready to come out. And I heard his feet shuffle, like he was trying to run behind the door and scare me. So I come around that corner pointing where he should have been. I come around there, there's no one there. He was still at the end of the catwalk mopping. 
<laughs> I'm like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Let's go, you know? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that was it north or south of the pencil fratch? It's north, right? Yeah, it's just across the road on the north side. Yeah, I, okay, because isn't that old pencil factory kind of burnt up a little or something? Yeah, pretty well, pretty well totaled. <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah, let's end there for tonight, huh, Daniel? That's a, yeah. that's a good chunk of stories. Well, geez, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, geez, I guess good night. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Make sure and smudge now when you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of open up to this. <laughs> yeah, you got to clean off after some of these sessions. I think this is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, well, thank you for having me, and look forward to hearing it. All right, we'll get it on probably this weekend. All righty. All right, well, thanks. We'll see you, Daniel. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> That's a good episode. Uh, there's a lot of reminiscing going on in that one. <laughs> <laughs> we had some crazy times together, me and Daniel, when he used to work with me doing flooring. There's just so many things that have happened, not only with him, but a lot of my other helpers that were working with me at the time, too. We've experienced some pretty strange things, and, you know, you'd be surprised at how many houses you go to redo their floors, what we call a remodel. When you go do these remodels, even the new constructions, well, there's, there's stuff everywhere. It's just, sometimes it's, uh... My, my practice when that happens is to just leave and come back, you know, and if it keeps up, depending on where we're at, I would bring smudge and everything and clean the place out, you know, if it came to that, but for the most part, we just try to leave and then come back and, you know, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to warn the, the homeowners? I have before, <laughs> and they look at you crazy, so I mean... That is what it is. It's just one of those odd things that happen. Anyways, uh, I appreciate everybody being here once again. And um, until next time.